He did it. 201.09 for Eli Kipchoge. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised, but he went out sub one hour the first half. Unbelievable. We break it all down next in the live reaction show. And hey, this is supposed to be for supporters, club members only, but thanks to Elliptigo, we're making it available to everyone. Elliptigo is one of the preferred methods of cross-training for runners. It's low impact. It's got that running-specific motion. There's now indoor Elliptigos. Great variability in your cross-training. With all these benefits, no wonder hundreds of professional athletes and thousands of competitive runners are using this. High schools are using it. Colleges are using it. 2020 U.S. Olympic trials, over 100 athletes used Elliptigo. Pros such as Molly Seidel, Meb Kofleski, Alfing Tulemuk, Jared Ward, Emily Sisson, Sarah Hall. I can't name them all. Molly Huddle, Jordan Hesse. All use Elliptigo. Thank you, Elliptigo, for making this coverage available to everyone. We're going to have a special giveaway this week on the website. Just hinting at that. We'll hype that up a little more. But you got to join the Supporters Club if you want content like this regularly. If you want huge savings on running shoes, 20% off running shoes right now. Go to let'srun.com slash subscribe. All right, here it is. Live reaction show podcast. Supporting club members. If you got up early to watch that live, you're probably not disappointed. Even if you're in America, where it was 3 a.m. on the East Coast. I guess 12.15 on the West Coast. If you're a young buck, hey, wouldn't have been too bad. But European and Australian visitors, if you watch this live, you probably loved it. Amazing, folks. In case you're just joining us and you're just waking up in the U.S., Elliot Kipchoge shocked the world, not by running a world record, but by going out in 59.50 in a legitimate race, holds on, runs 201.09 for the world record. And then in the women's race, this was even a bigger shock. Tijist Asafel. I know all of you are saying, who? She runs the third fastest time in history. 215.37. This is a woman who has run well in Berlin in the past on the track in 2014. She won the Istop Berlin meet in the 800. She ran 159 the 800. She has no track PBs in the 5,000, 1,500, or 10,000. She's got a 54.0 something 400 meter PB. And now she's run 215 in the marathon. Her only other marathon was a 234 seventh place showing in Riyadh earlier this year. Crazy. John, welcome to the show. I don't know where Weldon Johnson is. He's a little bit older than me. He may have fallen asleep. This is for us old people. I think don't old people normally wake up early about this time of day. So I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, well, Robert, what a morning. I got to say, normally my strategy for these things is... You don't need to see the exact start of the race. We know the first half, they're just going to go out on record pace. Nothing crazy really happens. That was not the case this morning. I'm glad I got up at 3.15 a.m. to see the start of this thing live because watching Elliot Kipchoge go out, the splits, I just couldn't believe them. I know we've seen him run them 
at the Ineos 159 Challenge and at Breaking 2. But to see him rip off 1412, 1409, 1410, it was mind-boggling. I'm like, he's doing this in a real race. He hit halfway, like you said, 59-51. And he was looking good, and he had company. And Emlek Bellahu of Ethiopia was right with him at halfway. And I started to think, is it possible he could actually break two hours in a legitimate race? And I was thinking, if he actually does this, this is it. He's the greatest runner ever. He's better than Bekele, better than Geb. Breaking two hours in Berlin, to me, that would be probably the greatest accomplishment in the history of distance running. It would reset everything that we thought was possible in a legitimate marathon. But the marathon gods did have their vengeance over the second half. Now, Kipchoge blowing up, he still closed in 61.18, which is faster than any other marathoner has ever run for a full marathon pace other than him and Kenny Sabakele. But yeah, even Elliot Kipchoge is mortal. He always says no human is limited. Well, he broke the world record, but we did find his limit. He can't break two you know, on a legitimate course in a legitimate marathon. But my God, was what he did today impressive. Six, he took 30 seconds off the world record, which we already regarded as a quite strong world record. So 201.09, phenomenal, phenomenal marathoning. So I'll take everyone through my thought process. I wake up and I'm trying to figure out which stream I'm going to watch. And as I'm doing that, I was pulling up a German stream. By the way, it was on YouTube for free, apparently, for most of the race. It's getting numbers that like the LIV golf tour gets, the golf tour gets. There's like 75,000 people on there that got shut down. But when, when, before I could figure out what the halfway split was, I woke up halfway or anything, I see him running in these giant red shoes. And, I, and I, I'm a little bit of a, of, a, of a cynic. I'm like, oh, my God, not, why didn't we think about this? Or why didn't we talk about this in the, in the pre-race show? I'm like, of course, Nike's probably invented a new shoe. And wearing those things, I mean, they're just massive. Of course, he's going to get the record. But I've since learned that these are the normal shoes, the same shoes you ran Tokyo in. They make them in red. Mine are white. So um, it's, it's not course. the shoes. But my second thought was, you don't run, go out in 59.50 and not blow up. I'm like, is he going to not win the race? Or is he going to run like 205? And this guy's not, he's not mortal. I mean, he's effing insane. Like, I bow down to you. I bow down to you. I, I mean, it, yeah, he, he. I guess it's kind of the opposite of what he ran. When was the last world record, John? Twenty. So 2018, he goes out in 6109. He comes home in 6033. This time around, he goes out in 5951, comes home in 6118. But just to see that 5951 was amazing. I, I'm talking about it now. I'm getting chills. So uh, I don't want people to think just because I had those negative thoughts at the beginning, I was super impressed by this. Um, you know, I, I still was wondering, though, like every he had a well, let's go lap, kilometer by kilometer. Berlin has a website where they've got the leader splits. Um, you know, so we're, we're watching the show and then it shows the 30. They reported the 28th kilometer is three flat. And even though you're on, you know, you go out in 59, 59 world record pace is 250 before today was 252.98 so basically 253 per kilometer you can't afford to run three flat all the way home You're, you'll lose the record over over 12 kilometers it's 84 seconds you, you'll miss it so i'm like whoa what's we got a little bit nervous there 
Then it comes down to 255, 248, 258, 253. And in hindsight, if you look it up on the Berlin Marathon site, nothing happened there. There's Berlin is flat except for that one kilometer. I looked at it. It goes up about 10 meters, that one kilometer, which is more than 20 feet. And according to John Kellogg's calculator, I think it's like 2.2 meters per second if you're going uphill. So that's like six or seven seconds slow. So if it's six or seven seconds slow, three flat is 253. The dude is just a machine. So, you know, he did have a couple 258, 256. They're reporting the 38th kilometer was 301. But then they reported the 39th kilometer is 237. And when I saw that, I, I did the average of the last three. I'm still like, he's still running under three minutes per, per K. He's got this, you know, and I was thinking maybe he'll slow down to 201.20, but no, he had a, a good finish, a 251, 42nd kilometer. And, and then the record, just insane. And then as we're sort of processing, like, wait, he's going to get it. This is in the bag. He, he's not going to slow down. We're trying to follow the women's race, John. How many women hit halfway together? There was a group of six that hit halfway in 108.13. And that's 206.26 pace. There are only, sorry, 216.26 pace. There are only two women in history who have run 216 or faster. Bridget Cosguy, the world record holder, and Paula Radcliffe. So I was starting to think, I'm like, wait, is this just the greatest day we've ever seen to run a marathon or the conditions perfect and i think this was in terms of recent world marathon majors this is about as great as you're going to get the conditions because we saw the winning time 215 37 that's the third fastest marathon of all time by tickets to Sefer. and on the men's side we've got a world record by 30 seconds so i do think the conditions were great but also it that still doesn't too, it still doesn't explain the improvement for Asefa, which is just we'll get to that in a minute. I want to focus on Kipchoge still. But one one thing about the women's race, and we haven't even mentioned it. People who are just joining us, you know, Americans that woke up. You know, American Kira D'Amato was not one of those women in the lead pack. She was the favorite. I mean, based on on personal best. So I mean, how many people in this field? She was the only woman that had broken under two twenty. Correct. And you have six women hit halfway in two sixteen pace, and. You had four women break 219 at the end of this race. D'Amato was, she was still an American record pace at halfway at 69.27. So, you know, she'd been slowing a little, but she was still on pace. She ends up running 221.48 for sixth place. So she picked up some places, even though she slowed down. A lot of those women did end up slowing significantly on the second half. But you had Tigas Decefa winning 215.37, Rosemary Wanjiru debuts with 218 flat in second that was under the old course record and then demado back 221 48 and six so a very fast day on the women's side all right back to kim Choge. what did you want to say well what i was just thinking is when did he make the decision to try to start running that fast because the pacemakers were supposed to come through they've been assigned 60 50 pace they weren't running that for a second. That first 5K was 14-14. I, I don't know why. Like, Was it just they were feeling good and Kipchoge told them to keep it up? or Because he, was running, he wasn't running in front of them. But they didn't seem to be any sort of problems. They seemed to be ha- he, Kipchoge seemed to be happy to go that fast. I wonder if he's starting to feel good the first few kilometers and then he's like, hey, you know what? 
sub two. Screw it. Let's just take a shot at it. Well, I thought you, he did a post-race interview in English. Didn't you hear it? What did he say? I, I couldn't hear it in mind because I was watching in Spanish. He was just talking about his legs, basically. I thought they I asked like him, he, what, when did you decide you wanted to do that? He didn't say anything? I thought he was just saying his, his legs felt like they're they good or something like that. But I didn't really hear I, I'm good. glad he did it because it made it more more interesting. And we will always remember this, that he went out and sub one hour. I mean, before the Super Shoes, this was crazy. I mean, when they we thought it was crazy to even try in a fake race. This was a legit race. So I'm glad he did it, but, um, because yeah, if he just gets if he knocks a few seconds off the record, it wouldn't be nearly as wild. So it's just uh, wow, wow. But you talked about the conditions. I mean, they were good conditions. You know, mid fifties weather. Uh, I mean, uh, right after halfway, I, I took a bunch of screenshots on my phone of, of what the weather was at four forty a.m. So this is an hour twenty five into the race. 57 degrees in Berlin, four mile an hour winds, gusting to six miles per hour, 72% humidity, dew point of 48. So really good conditions. But these aren't this isn't better than what it was when he set the world record. I think world record that day, I looked it up, it was like one mile per hour. So it was basically the conditions weren't better, I don't think. I mean, maybe, you know, we can always be proven wrong, better today than they were a couple years ago when he got the record. My guest, old man Weldon Johnson. Weldon, did you fall asleep? He has now joined us. So I was telling people you're a little bit older. Times, you know, it's tough for old people to stay awake sometimes late at night. But generally, you wake up early if you're an old person. So, yeah, I fell asleep, guys. Sorry, little technical problems. What a race! To be fair, I did what I usually do. Nothing happens the first half of a marathon. But this one, I didn't wait to halfway. I woke up 45 minutes in because I'm like, just in case, you know, they're going crazy. And I text John, what's happening? And John's like, I forgot what he, let me find the exact text. But John's like, three guys are running <laughs> sub two hour pace. Sorry, Kipchoge sub two hour pace and three guys are with him. And I'm like, what? And then it was just a matter of, is he going to keep this going? I, the fastest, we'd only had one split ever in a marathon under 61 minutes. That was the back half of Kipchoge in 2018. That's correct, John? That's right. And he goes out here, sub one hour. I Ballsy, man. I mean, and I, I don't think it, it's not the optimal way to run it, but Kipchoge is about pushing the limits, whatever. And we saw what happened. Everyone else blows up tremendously after this, off this pace. Kipchoge, he looks effortless. He slows down a little bit. He still breaks the world record. That's a good point. We haven't talked about the other finishers. Like they did what you should do when you go out that fast. And remember, I mean, well, I forgot to say this earlier because my it is six in the morning. Like a couple years ago, I mean, in London one year they went out too fast. I'm like, oh, they're so stupid. Kipchoge, they blew the record because they went out. You know, like I wonder what the split was there. It was probably like we thought it was crazy that they did that. Of course, they didn't get the record with us. Now they're going out 59, 51, holding on. But like. And and like Bella, who who stayed with Kipchoge the longest, finished fourth in two hundred six forty. Mark Curran ended up second two hundred five fifty eight. Tedu Abede two hundred six twenty eight. So you know these guys are running fifty nine fifty sixty seven minutes, just shuffling home. Well, the, uh, you say these guys, you mean Bella? Who Mark Curran did not go out with Kipchoge. Uh, it was just Kipchoge. Guy Adola also went out. He was with them through. 
15 K then he dropped off and I'm not even sure if Adola finished the race. I don't see him in the results here, but top non-African finisher, Kenya. How, how about this? This is kind of funny. The top non-African finisher's name is Kenya. Kenya Sonoto of Japan, 207-14. Yeah, and Be- Belahus splits. He closed his second half in 66-49. So 59-51, 66-49. Still right a personal best. Very hard way to run a personal best, but he got it. So congrats to him for sticking on there. And um, I mean... It's just, I, it's crazy to me. He went with with uh, Kipchoge for the, this first half. I can understand Adola doing it. Adola's run two hundred three. He won Berlin last year. For Bellahu, who's only run one career marathon, he's run fifty eight fifty four for the half and twenty six forty six, I believe, for twenty six fifty three. Sorry for ten thousand meters. But for him to go out in fifty nine fifty one, I'm wondering what's going through his mind and when he realizes, oh my God, I've bitten off more than I can chew. But props to him for finishing up in two oh six. But but I mean but Kipchoge was on his own pushing it from what point, John? When did the rabbits drop off? There, so the final rabbit stepped off at twenty five K and that's also basically the exact same time when Bellahu fell off. So from twenty five K to the finish it was all Kipchoge. And he did slow down. Now it Obviously, you're not going to run much faster when you're running, you know, sub two hour pace. But that is essentially when he started to slow down as well. So I, I got to say, if he had the pacing formation and the lights and everything the whole way, he might have been able to run faster than 159. I mean, and the bottle service and everything. But it's possible he was fitter than he was in Vienna in 2019. It's just he didn't have the phalanx of paces the entire way like he did on that race. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've been up early, this early to watch him break in whenever it was three years ago. He was so excited and happy and he ha- immediately hugged Patrick saying, but and he was running around, man. I mean, he ran up and down the uh, practically to the Brandenburg gate and back and he's coming back under the finish line again. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh, that's Gebra Celeste's old record. It was like 203.59. <laughs> he's just running around smiling. So excited to see him enjoy this one. Push the limits. Yeah, I think he said it was a little bit too fast. So hey, even he's got his own limits. But like, there's there's no regrets. He went for complete craziness. I mean, maybe if he if he if he had you know longer rabbits or a slower start, he probably could have broken two hundred one. But absolutely amazing. Now, I don't want to go in, into Debbie Downer, but I, I do have to point out one thing because I've done a lot of research on this last night. Stayed up late doing this research. This is the fastest we will ever see this man run. I also probably believe, believe that Cara D'Amato will never run faster than what her American record is. And because, you know, like how many people are running personal best, um, you know, in their thir- when they're 38, 39 years of age? Well, not a ton, but... Mep Kofleski, 2014. Didn't Sarah Hall, wasn't she 38 when she ran her personal best? I mean, we do have some precedent of it, but yeah. I mean, Robert, look at what Kipchoge just did. With him breaking this record and going out that fast and holding on, I mean, I wonder if he'd gone out 30 seconds slower. I would have gone out, whatever, crazy. Still got the record. Who are we to criticize? 
but my analysis of the race is sort of what we had before. Bekele ran 201.41 in 2019. An over-the-hill Kinesi Bekele. Eli Kipchoge is such a better marathoner. He did... I don't know if this was, was even his like peak time, but he knew, like, look, that other run in Berlin, there's more out there. Like, the pacing there was... He started a little too slow. He's like, I can go out harder. And he went for it. So... The critical analysis, maybe he went out a little too hard, but like he broke the world record. Like, this is it. There is no need for him ever to go back to Berlin. I think now it is Boston, New York. And he could do it. Boom, 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 boom. Boston, New York, Paris. I, I'm totally with you, Weldon. I was going to make the same point because, look, all right, if he wants to say, oh, I could be the first person to break 201. Yes, I'm sure he could. I think if he really paced it, that was his exact goal. He runs to run two flat 59. If he goes to Berlin next year and gets this weather day, yes, I do think he can do that. But seeing two flat point something instead of 201.09, is that really going to motivate him to do it? He took a big chunk off the world record today, which is what he wanted to do. And he also tested himself and showed, no, actually running two sub two hours on a legal course, it's probably not ever going to happen for him. Uh, he took his shot at that. He found out his limit. So to me, I agree. There's nothing else for him to approve or accomplish going to Berlin. What you need to do is go to Boston, go to New York. That's what's going to find your limits in those technical courses with the Hills because Berlin, we've seen, you're not going to be able to run sub two, but yes, you can run to a 109. I don't think there's any reason for him to come back here. Correct. The time stuff is done for me. Like, look, we, you and I all want, we all want to run New York. Maybe it's because we're American biased, but this did something for me because he went out and really pushed it. 59 51, amazing. So, but one reason I'm saying he's never going to, they're never going to run faster is not only to the age, but like, look, but he's going to, he says, going to do London and I mean, Boston and New York, then the Olympics. And then he'd be like 40 by the time he came back here, right? Or 39 at a minimum. So I, I, I don't think he's going to be motivated to do that. He's going to be motivated to get all the majors and then went third unprecedented third Olympics. And so that's another reason, but uh, here's the stat, you know, of the hundred fastest men in history and women, how many people have run there? So that's 200 runners. How many people have run their lifetime personal best at age 38 or older? The answer is zero men and one woman. Haleas Johannes ran two nineteen fifty two in 2020 in Valencia at age 40. So that's it. Now, there's a, it's interesting. There's four people who have run their marathon PBs at age 37. Kenesa Bikila, 201.41. Sarah Hall, oh, Johannes counts as older than 37. Sarah Hall ran 220.32 at age 37, the marathon project. And Kira D'Amato ran that 219.12 early this year at 37. So, you know, the numbers say, hey, pretty soon it's going to be tough. Now, Kipchoge is obviously an outlier. So if Johannes could run a PB at 40, maybe Kipchoge could. But again, I think this is most likely the fastest he will ever run for, for, for the reasons explained. But amazing race, amazing performance. Let's go to Boston. Let's win that. Let's go to New York. Let's win that. Well, you said he's not going to win that, though. Aren't you on record, Robert, saying when he'll lose his first appearance to the Boston Marathon? I forgot about that. And then we win the third Olympics and then we have to run another step again. 
I mean, it's still, it's absolutely crazy that he still dominates the marathon like he does. Have, have we seen any distance runner dominate anything for this long? I mean, how many years are going back now, John? So his win streak started in the spring of 2014. He's really, he's been the undisputed number one marathoner in the world since London in 2015 when he beat Wilson Kipsang and Dennis Kimedo. That's how long ago this guy's been the best in the world. Those two were the top of the world when he started this reign as the best marathoner in the world. Kimedo has been totally irrelevant for, for years at this point. Kipsang was, he won a few more races, but he's been suspended for whereabouts issues. It, we're just in a totally different generation. This was back in the before we had. And no one, anyone, no one knew the word Vaporfly. We hadn't had anything to talk about super shoes. This was April of 2015, and now we're in September of 2022. And not only is Kipchoge the best in the world still, the margin between him and the second best guy has probably increased significantly. So it's just it's ridiculous. Before him, if you were the best marathon in the world. You stayed on that uh, that level for maybe two years. two years or something. It's just impossible in the marathon to develop that kind of consistency. Now Kipchoge, we take it for granted. We just assume he'll still be here in Paris killing everyone two years from now. And he probably will be. It's it's ridiculous what he's done. Yeah, I didn't used to assume that. I thought it's got to end. It's got to end. Now I'm going to go probably too much the other direction. I want him to go see through Paris and do this, but... Watching him run, it's a thing of beauty. If, I mean, well, what's the Harvard guy's name? He said where human beings were meant to run. Kipchoge shows it. It, it, it is, it, it's effortless. Even the back half of this race, right? So he slows down. What's the second half split again? 61-18. I mean, that's significant. He slowed down a minute and 20-something seconds. Didn't look like it, you know, watching his face, watching his expression. It, it's just so damn smooth. It's just beauty. Well, because, well, and he's still running a pace that no one else in history, apart from Bekele, has ever run. That's him slowing down over the second half. He's still running 202.36 marathon pace, which would have been the world record eight years ago. It's still a ridiculous time. It, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, I don't know if there's that much more to be said on him, but. Fantastic performance by Kipchoge. Yeah, 30 seconds off the world record, which was already very fast, man. What was Walton just saying? I had a brilliant point I wanted to bring up. Anyways, Bonfaz Kip Kimboy on YouTube is saying Kipchoge is on another level. The dedication needed to be that consistent is on is unimaginable. Well, that's the thing. Like he how like staying motivated to treat every build up as seriously as he does when he's accomplished everything in the sport. This is a guy who five years ago was so much better than everyone that he had to start these made up record attempts like breaking two. Now they had to do that five years ago because he had beaten everyone and he was so dominant in the event. Now he's won two Olympics. He already has a world record and yet he's still 18 marathons into his career. He still has the dedication and, motivation to go out and try to break the world record again that is also an incredible part of Elliot Kipchoge's career 
you know, Weldon asked, has any, any athlete in any track event, you know, running event dominated for this period of time? I mean, Gab's first world title, you've, you've seen some, you know, well, Bolt, John Bolt was what, 2000 to 2008, really? 2008 to 2016. Yeah, eight years. Gab was first world title, 93 to 2000, so seven years. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some field defenders or something that we don't know about, but it's crazy because he's doing this after having this long track career before this. This is his second act. He was one of the best track runners in the world. Olympic silver medalist in 2008. He was the world champion in 2003. So that was like, he'd go down as a great, one of the best track runners of the 2000s. And now he's clearly the greatest marathoner of all time in his second act. By the way, folks, if you don't have your LA Kipchoge themed t-shirts, we have 15940 t-shirts. Go to shop.letsrun.com. Kipchoge, apparently he likes him. He took a photo with Kira D'Amato's pacer, who's wearing the black one. The black one's got the shoes on there. The red one in the red Kenyan colors does not have the shoes. But people on uh, Jeff on, on uh, YouTube is saying, even though I watched him live, I still find tears running down my cheeks when I watch him breaking the world record. Truly inspiring. No man is limited, as he always says. The story of a legend. Guys, before we get too carried away with our analysis, pulled up a Let'sRun.com article from 2018. If you guys remember, that is when Eli Kipchoge broke the world record, and we did this. Kipchoge splits 61.06 for the first half, a ridiculous 60.33 for a second half sound made up. But they were real, and they were spectacular. And, well, that's quickly been redone. Go down to the bottom here. Trying to find this here. Quick take. This record will stand for a long, long time. Unless Kipchoge breaks it. We at least put a caveat there in the 2018. But the one thing we were wrong with there was the next year, um, McKaylee came back and nearly got it. So we were a little bit off. But there was... We were right about Kipchoge being the only one to break it, but there was a little more meat on the bone than we thought. And I think that's what he came back to try to do today. I don't think he got all that meat. That's the crazy thing, right? But this the first half. Uh, He's once again, how can I say he came up short? He broke the world record, but he showed. Yeah. That, that two hour, you think it in a, Sure, we have trampoline shoes and whatever now, but a legitimate race, don't think it's 100% impossible. I think it is 100% impossible right now, but I'm going to go for it. I don't care if I go out in sub-60. I'll, I'll put it to you guys. When does someone other than Elliot Kipchoge run faster than 20109 in a legitimate marathon? How long does this world record stand? Well, that was a yeah, that was a roundabout way of saying how long does this record stand? I think at least a decade. I could see it lasting fifteen or twenty years. I would have thought that with the first one, and then Bekele did it the next year. Well, so I, th- I no, Bekele that- didn't do it though. Bekele did not run faster in that time. I know he came close. He came but close. He hasn't. He hasn't run faster, and no one has run faster at about two oh two. 40 something no one other than those two so apart from Bekele no one's coming within a minute of the record that's why I think this thing I would not be shocked if we're in 2040 and this record still stands 
unless we get super shoe breakthroughs and that sort of like if we get like the Vaporfly 12%, maybe I could see it getting broken, but I don't know. Polar Radcliffe's lost it from 2003 to 2019, 16 years. I could see a similar length of time for Kipchoge, 20109. I could be dead when it's broken. I mean, I, I might not, I, I, I may be dead when it happens, but I'm also not going to rule out. I don't know, man. I'm not stupid. Like Jacob Caplimo. Or, I mean, there's some pretty damn good guys out there. He he seems made for the roads. 57-31 half marathon world record. Joshua Chepter guy's pretty damn good on the track. So, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't have predicted Kipchoge moving up and having this success 15 years ago. So, I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to rule out either, either extreme. Me being dead and this is the world record. Should hopefully I don't die soon. Like, I mean, I'm assuming I have a normal. But it is weird, John, because, well, unless you're like 20 years old now, if you're like over 30, I think you look back 16 years, it's like, oh, it's not that long time, long time ago. You project forward 16 years. I'm like, 2038. Like, what the F? 2040? It just sounds crazy. But Radcliffe did it. And. Robert, might, who, who knows, John? He could sound smart with some of that stuff he just said right there. Kiplimo is running. The half marathon records come down. The shoe technology has changed, and that's the one thing we're never going to know. But Kipchoge is still head and shoulders above everybody else, and the consistency is so unparalleled. So in some ways, the shoe stuff is really cool. I mean, we were 159.40 shorts, but the event we didn't really like – but it's it, you're getting all of these things. Look, so it's hard to sort of pick one out. But my God, I've got the perfect solution to all this. I, I didn't want to see Kipchoge run another flat marathon. If he ever runs another flat marathon, maybe in the Olympics in, in uh, Paris, he that we make him run in the in the regular flats. We go we get a flat from ten years ago. Everybody else gets the super shoes. Oh, I love it. And, and I rabbit, love it. Or maybe rabbit route race. And then we can see what he can do. So, I mean, his, I like to point it out. His PB without the super shoes, John, is like, what, 204, basically? 204 flat. When his <laughs> shoes, were, the soles were flying out of his shoes. Just a reminder of that. All right. The one thing, oh, man. Talking about this Kiplimo stuff, and could he do that? <sighs> Uh, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. I was going to make a brilliant point here. I'm like Robert, and I, I forgot about it. But yeah, people, if you're liking this, you got to listen to the Let's Run.com Track Talk podcast. We're we're not we don't record that podcast with like two hours sleep in the middle of the night, so we're all a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, well then I forgot my point here. Let's Run.com slash subscribe. By the way, if you're listening to this live and you want to get our Friday 15 bonus podcasts that are only available to subscribers and Let's Run.com supporters club members, that's Let's Run.com slash subscribe. But what I was going to say about Kipchoge, compared to most marathoners, he just has a longer window, right? Like most elite marathoners, how many cracks at the world record do you really get? Maybe one or two. Now, Kipchoge hasn't taken that many serious assaults, but... He's had such a long window of being in his marathon prime that he can kind of pick and choose a little bit more and say, okay, yeah, after Tokyo, he knew he was in world record shape and I'm going to dedicate this fall to a world record and I'm still going to be able to have Boston and New York as opportunities next year. Most guys like Kip Limo, you know, okay, he might have a few years, but 
who knows how long his marathon prime might last. He might only get one shot at the world record. Kipchoge has had such a long period of time, we've been able to get a couple max effort performances out of him. And there probably won't be any more like we said, but if he really wanted to become the first guy in the 201 next year in Berlin, he could probably take a crack at that too. Uh, I, th I think that's just worth noting is his prime so long, it allows him to sort of do things and go after things that most other marathoners don't get a chance to do. Jeff Itachi in the comments here has a great comment. Kipchoge is surrounded by greatness and he succeeds with class and humility. I wish nothing but the best for this man and his family. What a lucky time to be alive to witness this legend. Great comments, Jeff. I mean, there's just, yeah, class. Kipchoge, he's the Roger Federer of our sport. There's just something, a class, a, a, a grace about him and the humility. Like, Nadal's a different type of tennis player than Federer, right? Like, the, it doesn't look as effortless for N Nadal. With Kipchoge, it's just beautiful i mean the class the humility he is like i, th I think federer for me is, is the perfect analogy well the humility is interesting well then right because he always he never even utters the world world rec the word world record in the build-ups to these races people ask him what would be a nice race he just says oh no i want to run a beautiful race or the course record that might be nice if we get it where everyone knows the course record is the world record or, or i'd like to run a personal best if possible personal best again world record and then he just goes out and goes out in 59 51 that's just such a badass move even though he's all polite and smiles and he just goes out and does things that we think are impossible uh so the juxtaposition is pretty interesting there now should we talk about his third act so this is his second act right he was a track career and now he's got the marathon career after he wins all the majors i'm dead serious about this people think i'm joking i'm not i wanted to move to the ultra scene I wanted to win comrades and then I'd like him to go for the 24 hour world record. Like this guy looks like a machine. Like what, what, like uh, uh, steel town runner. I apologize. Supporting club member. He said, we didn't get enough publicity that this guy has broken the 24 hour twice, but he's running like basically seven minute miles for 24 hours. Is that Kip it? Choge couldn't break the 24 hour world record. I think that's a different skill set. I could see him going to comrades and winning. I could see him winning some of these road, road ultras. I could see him being the best 100K marathon, 100K runner in the world. The 24 hours, I think I think it's testing a different skill set. I we don't know we have no idea. We have no idea what Kipchoge would look like in a 24-hour race. But you just emphatically said he couldn't do it. I that's absurd, John. He might be able to blow it away. He might just be a he May, might be a maybe I just think that's a totally different thing than running this guy two, was you know, a monastic lifestyle pace just, for 2 hours. I mean, couldn't he run like a couple, just uh, like a 235 marathon sleep for 20 minutes, another 235 marathon sleep for 20 <laughs> All right. I think that's a good discussion for another day. Shall we turn to the women's race, which was remarkable in its own way? I would say even more shocking <laughs> than the men. Like if you, <laughs> I don't know, Rob, what are you laughing at here? I wanted to get to the women's race. First of all, originally when I was anticipating doing this live show, I said, I'm going to put a clock on it and it's only allowed to be 15 or 30 minutes long. And then I'm shutting it off and going back to bed. Now we're at 38 minutes. And we haven't even talked to the women's race. I mean, Robert, I wasn't even on the screen in 15 minutes. What, what are people talking about on the message board? God, let's run fans are, you know, white Sox fans go home devastated. I see this thread now. 
at 6 a.m. If Kipchoge was in a wall, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I swear, people, I have not been drinking. This is all I'm drinking is cherry coke trying to wake up. If Kip Chogi was at a Walmart in Jackson, Mississippi, do you think people would treat him like a famous person? Well, the answer is no. I don't think anyone there. I think there are very few people at a Jackson, Mississippi Walmart who would recognize Ellie Kipchoge. So, there it is, people. Kipchoge paying homage to the 15940 shirt. Go to shop.letsrun.com. I hope he didn't realize I was kind of mocking him with that shirt. Sportist Club members get 30% off in our store. So join today. Let'srun.com slash subscribe. So if you, even if you want to buy a shirt, you join for a month, get the discount. Boom. There you go. All right. Let's talk about the women. This is this is the most shocking result of the day. Ellie Kipchoge, if you if I woke up, hey, by the way, I predicted a time of two oh one fifteen in the let's run pre-race preview. I was only six seconds off, so I'm just gonna pat myself on the bat there. I thought that was a pretty good job of predicting. Uh I did say Kira D'Amato would not win the race, but she would get the American record. So uh, I was one for two of my predictions. But anyway. This is the re- shocking result of the day. Tigas Tsefa, someone that I will readily admit, I'd probably seen those names on a piece of paper in a result somewhere. I wouldn't have been able, if you said who's Tigas Tsefa this morning, I wouldn't have been able to tell you who she is. And that's because her half marathon PB was 67.28 from earlier this year. She'd run one marathon. Normally I'm not up to date on the seventh placer in the Riyadh Marathon. Uh, that's her only marathon before today, and that was back in March, and she ran 234. So she comes out and runs 215.37, becomes the third fastest marathoner of all time on the women's side, behind only Bridget Cosguy and Paula Radcliffe. And it's one of those situations where we had six women going out really fast, and you think, okay. What the split again? We said it earlier in the show 68 13 at halfway. There were four women, sorry, six women within four seconds of that at the halfway mark. It's one of those situations, all right, either someone is going to run super fast, but most of them are probably going to blow up. And actually, only a couple of them blew up. We still had four women under 219, but Tigas Decefa actually negative split this thing. She went 68 13 and then she ran 67 24. For her second half. So she picked it up. And this was not someone really on any of our radars because she was an Olympian in the 800 meters in 2016. She's run 159, 24, 800 meters. Then she disappears for a couple of years, re emerges in 2018 as a roadrunner, gets down to 3052 for 10K this year, 6728. But now she's almost run 6728 pace. For an entire marathon, I still don't know what I don't know what to make of this result, Robert. Can you do you have well, any explanation? I, for this? I, first, of all, I want to apologize. I think in the recap and at the beginning of the show, I said she never made worlds or the Olympics because I looked up 2013, 2015, 17. I looked at 2016. I didn't realize because normally you see Olympics and you see a couple rounds. She did make the Olympics, but she went out in the first round for two flat 21, which got her fourth in her heat number five. Also, ran world indoors that year, 204.55. Crazy. I mean. John, you, like, 
she had improved as a distance runner. Like, well, she moves up to the distances, runs a couple. I mean, before this year, well, I guess 68, 24 is decent, but she ran the second half today faster. What was her second half today? Her second half was 67, 24, which is faster than her half marathon PB. Yeah, 67-28. So she had run 68 minutes coming of the year, but she has no results at all for 20 and 21. So I don't know if she gave birth or whatever. This is sick because, I mean, I hate to say this. Like, when I heard uh, Kipchoge breaking the record, and I've got Tim Hutchings in the background, and I hear him talking about this woman's got an 800 PB of 159, no 1,500 meter results. He's talking about her 400 PB of 5405. And I immediately thought, wait, could she be intersex and she's banned from the 800 and she had to move up? And I, I don't I mean, I look up at the screen. I'm like, nope, that's not a possibility, which people are going to be mad at me for judging someone on the way they look. But crazy. I, I just can't wait till more comes out about this story. I mean, she moves up. Now she's amazing. She's probably, sounds like she's probably a mom if she missed the last two years. Who knows? But wild. I mean, but to the, I, like 234, like I would love to know what happened in that Riyadh race because, well, I guess that was not, so she has no results at all for 20 or 21, none in the database. And then Riyadh is her first race back. So like the, the 67, 28, she runs Riyadh in March and then she runs 67, 28 in April. So she was just probably just getting into shape, but kind of crazy. Yeah. Was this just, and she was a marathoner all along and she was in the wrong event. Did she start taking copious amounts of performance enhancing drugs? Again, we don't have any, look, we don't have any link to it, but you have to consider the possibility that someone suddenly starts running 215 out of nowhere. Well, fine. You have to consider it. You'd have to consider, but what drug would make it? I mean, if you give Nick Simmons all the drugs in the world, do you think he's going to run the third fastest? No. No, I don't. In history like, in the marathon, yes, clearly, like, she has some talent crazy. in the event. Yeah, absolutely. Now, drugs help women more than men, but uh, wow. I mean, I, I, I just want to believe it. I just want to be excited about all this. Like Kip is broken the marathon. Maybe this woman's right, what a cool story. Like, yeah, I guess we should always be cynical in our sport. But the, but, the uh, crazy thing is, like, I was thinking Bridget Koskai ran two sixteen, what oh two, I think, earlier this year in Tokyo, and we're like, okay, Bridget Koskai. Actually, she might be the best marathoner, marathoner in the world because she was hurt. She wasn't 100% at the Olympics when Perez Chia won. Perez Chia never loses. She won the Olympics. She won New York. She won Boston this year. Now we have this... We're going to have a very interesting argument at the end of this year because we've got Bridget Cosguy coming up next week in London. And then we've got Jep Chia defending her title in New York. I think at the end of this season... You're gonna have you if all of them win as expected, Jip Chia Chia, Cosguy, and now Asefa, maybe get them all together in London next spring and really have them duke it out for number one. I think that would be I mean, we're getting way ahead of myself here, but that's the kind of company she's in now. 215.37, that's a time only Cosguy and Radcliffe have ever touched. Yeah, this performance. It's way more shocking than Kipchoge. You told me, oh, Kipchoge runs 201 low, breaks the world record. Okay. Yeah, possible. 
But I'm a little more shocked you told me he went out under 60 minutes. I, I, but I've never seen him to completely blow up. I thought he'd blow up a little more than he did today. But this one? And even the second half, John, because my focus on this race was Kira D'Amato and the American record. And I'm like, oh, Kira's not going to get it at 35 minutes. And I'm like, oh, all these women are on 216 pace. Just my rule of thumb as an analyst was this because this was a very weak Boston, Berlin women's field coming in. An American, Kira D'Amato was the number one seed. And after this run, we're, we're not seeing that, I don't think, for 20, maybe ever. I mean, but what's... <laughs> the, now this is the new standard. People have never heard of a running 215. But with this field coming in, I'm like, oh, they're going to blow up. They None of them may break 220. You know, or maybe they'll blow up and run 218 or something. Still a really good time for, for this field. And then I see the winning time, and I'm like, oh my God, she did the exact opposite. She negative split it. It's just astounding. Well, yeah, Weldon, I do think it's going to be rare moving forward, especially as more and more women start to run races and get like getting fast races like this, have their PRs with the super shoes, having the number one seed at a marathon at two nineteen twelve, as Kira D'Amato was for this race. That's not going to be the case much longer because we saw Wagnesh Odessa today was fourth. She ran two eighteen fifty one. Now, granted, this was perfect conditions, but these were also a bunch of women who'd never broken two twenty in their careers until they run here today. So, it's just going to be rare you're going to have a 219 woman as the number one seed in marathons moving forward. Here's my thought, John. Can you pull up? An, I can't pull it up until I stop to her all, where she ranks in the all-time list for women. In what event? 800. Uh, it's not working. What, she's won 159.24, right? Yes. I, mean, I, I was just trying to think, like, what do we think that's equivalent to on the men's side of the 800? Like, here, maybe the question is, what is the fastest that anyone has broken to and they had to run for the marathon? Did Paul, did, did Paul Radcliffe ever break two? No, th this is clearly, this is the fastest any sub two 800 runner has ever run. I would say 159.2 is probably equivalent to about 144 high for a man. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, it's got to be, you know, second two flat and 145, roughly the same, but I have no idea. Like, we, we need to have some stat. Like, what's the greatest? You know, I guess Legat, you know, what did he run for the, for the marathon? There was Augustine Choge was always running the marathon. We thought he'd do something, but he never did, right? Yeah, it's, it's very rare to have this kind of range, men or female. Look, we had the speculation about drugs. There's a comment here by... Elizabeth Mercia saying, we, we Ethiopia don't use drug. Stop it. Take it. She win. Get over it. And going through it, John, I, I was trying to think of a major Ethiopian drug bust. They're not nearly as prevalent as Kenya. Someone said the drug testing isn't as good. I think that's, but think about that in general. But I want to get a bigger point out there. Sorry. There's no nationality better than anyone else. I don't, or people are different. Cultures are different. Sure. Doping could be less prevalent. And I, 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 have, I don't think drugs could explain this performance. So I think it's more of an 800 person moving up. Incredible. But I like even nothing she did this year points to this. This is astounding. Everyone is human. <laughs> and humans have shown the ability to constantly disappoint us. When there's money, prestige involved, humans will steep. It's sad. 
They will steal. They will cheat. They will do whatever. And it's just an issue of sport, right? Like, we can't say Ethiopians don't cheat. Like, come on. That's like saying Americans don't cheat. Or they used to say, oh, Kenyans don't cheat. We're still seeing Kenyans cheat, right? But yeah, well, look, we've had way more Kenyan busts than Ethiopian busts. But way more. For any country to say, oh, it's this is impossible because they're from this country. I mean, yeah, like you said, Americans dope. We've had some Ethiopians dope, not as many high profile on the women on as the Kenyans. But yeah, look, I'm not saying she's doping. I'm just saying anytime anyone has a major breakthrough, it's going to be something that people have in the back of their minds. But yeah, I, I, you, you can't just run 159 and 215. There's no drug that's going to give you that kind of range, right? It doesn't exist. For sure. And also, like, you got to think also, she's stuck at this sport, right? She makes the Olympics in 2016. And she's only 28 years old. So back then, she was pretty young, 22. Nothing in 2017. 2018, she runs a 34-minute 10K. That's not, you know, bringing in any money. 2019, she runs a 68-minute half. That's very good. But her agent, who was there at the finish, that was Demadonna, John? Yeah, Johnny Demadonna. Clearly, people thought, like, hey you can be a long distance runner because somebody's sort of backing her for these last five or six years. We're essentially like, she's bringing in no money. Like I don't think there's much there's sponsorship for a first round Exeter at the Ethiopian trials. You know, maybe the government's providing something. I don't really know how it works. And then this year, as you see the results up there. right? Yeah. I don't know when Johnny started working with her, but he's a big time agent. He represents a lot of the best marathoners in the world. So you're right, Weldon. He's not going to add her to his list of clients unless he believes you know, it, it, her potential to become really a top-class athlete, which she clearly is now. All right, guys. I think we should finish up, up our recaps and go back to sleep. All right. Well, may, maybe just one comment on Kira D'Amato. Uh, she did take a shot at the American record. You know, We didn't really get to see much of the women's race, but... I thought it was probably pretty sensible, actually, for her to back off a little bit once it started getting really fast uh, halfway, like going through in 68-13. I don't think that would have made sense for her. So I think whether I think it was probably correct. 69-27, you know, if you said what pace do you want to go out before the race, that's probably going to be close to what she was targeting. I don't know what her exact splits were. And it may just have been she didn't feel quite as good today as she did in Houston in January. That sort of stuff happened. She was in good shape, 221, 50, 48, by no means a failure, but she didn't get the record. And like you said, Robert, I mean, she may never run as fast as 219 again. Sometimes you just get that magical day. Tim Hutchings on the broadcast was saying a lot like, oh, I think she's going to regret taking that world, or maybe she regrets taking that world championship berth because that may have slowed her down today. I don't think he said she regretted it because she was glad to run at the world championships, but he said, did that affect her race? I'm not sure that it did. She ran 223 at that race. I don't know. Do you guys think that running a marathon eight weeks ago at worlds made any difference into what she did today? Well, she was already training for a fall marathon. Of course it made some difference, but I think there's no regret because who is the American record holder in the marathon right now, John? Kira D'Amato. Right. She already has this record. So it'd be different if like she wanted the record and was like, 
I don't know. Let's say like Shalane Flanagan, you were kind of targeting that thing. Then you're like, you run worlds at last second and you go to Berlin and you, and you just miss, although, you know, she didn't just miss here. So I don't think there's any regret. She's always said she wanted to represent America. She'd never made a world's team before. So I think 2022 it's in Kira's mind. It's still the year of Kira D'Amato. She breaks the American record unexpectedly. It's to represent Team USA and go to the Berlin Marathon as an number one seed as a 38-year-old mother. You got to throw the mother thing in there. You know, to Jesus. 37. She's 37. 37. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Never never just discuss a woman's age, right? Especially if you're going to get older. Go old. Robert looks like he's about to explode here. Robert, what do you have to say? But how crazy is this? I mean, it was cool to be you know, John. We saw the run in Eugene. The three Americans all ran like, what, 221, 222, or 222, 223. They were all top 10 in the world you run that today 221 she, the american record holder in the marathon just finished more than a mile behind the winner running a pretty damn good time so hats off to mrs Sefa because that was ridiculous that's some good perspective right there with that stat robert and the other thing that sort of blew me away i got the splits up here on the screen this is a halfway split this was a week Berlin women's field. Well, not anymore. Well, I, uh, I apologize. It's obviously very good. Thank you, BMW. Everyone gone by BMW. And yet the number one seed comes through at a pace faster than anyone's ever run this race before. 69.27. And she's in 13th place. Women's running is at a new level. The marathon's at a new level. It's changed. I don't I think on the women's side, it's a combination, right? There was no Title IX in Africa. We're still waiting for every individual country to pass Title IX. But there's money there, right? And the money's in the marathon. And then obviously, you know, the combination of, of the shoes. The shoes have changed the game. I think Paula Radcliffe would still be your world record holder without the shoes. But I have to say that just because I paced Paula to her first world record. Can we also give a shout out Dina Casta, the former American record holder? She ran this race, 49 years young, 245. Not bad for a 49 year old. Not bad at all to go over in Berlin. She got her <laughs> six star finisher medal because she's run all the majors now. Wait, Dina and I are the same age, and she could probably beat me by like an hour or something. I don't know what I'd run a marathon in. Oh my God. Wait, how did Freddie Ovid do? I I can't say I was following Freddie Ovet. I can look it up, Robert. Is this Steve Ovet's son or something? I'm like, who who is this? There he is, Freddie Ovet. Whoa, whoa! How crazy is this? What was Dina's time? Freddie Ovet also ran. It's Steve Steve Ovet's son, who was an 800 meter runner briefly at the University of Oregon. Now is a professional cyclist. I got some um, got some email from some PR person wanting to know if I wanted to interview him. I said, maybe if he'd run something well afterwards. But John, he ran 245 as well. He ran 245.29. So who won, Ovet or Castro? Dina. Dina beat him. All right, guys. Any final thoughts? I think some of us want to take naps. We need to finish up our recaps. It's coming up on 7 a.m. here on the East Coast. Thanks to everyone around the world who tuned in. I'm, anyone, if you're in like the mountain or central time zones right now. Mountain time zone, I'd be very impressed if anyone's stayed up for the race and is now watching the Let's Run radio show. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate it.
Yeah, I have one final comment about the World Marathon Majors. This thing wasn't on TV in a lot of places in the world. Are you a serious sporting event or not? I know stuff's going streaming and whatnot, but there's one of the streaming providers, I think from Africa, put this up on YouTube, and there are over 50,000 people watching, 60,000 before it was cut off. So there is a need for Kipchoge, but like, Instead, this was on like Flow Track in the United States. People don't want to pay thirty bucks. So people either you're paying Flow Track to watch your parents to watch some kid run college track, or whatever. I don't have a problem with people pay per view streamers, but the World Marathon Majors needs to think about itself as a sport. Like a huge opportunity was missed here. Like, are you trying to get coverage in other places? Are you trying to expand the reach of the sport? And it's kind of sad. Eli Kipchoge, the biggest star in our sport. It's going for the world record in the Berlin Marathon, and it was on TV nowhere outside of Germany, pretty much. I mean, come on. I'm sure it was on but, Japan. Well, but I like, mean, well, then it was at 3.15 a.m. on a Sunday morning. London, How many John, the U.K., the U.K. What about the U.K.? What, where was it on TV in the U.K.? It wasn't on TV? No, Flow Sports had the, had the rights. And 50,000, you know, for... That's actually surprising. There's not even any Premier League games this week. And there was no promotion saying people found this illegal stream. So I'm just saying... I mean, whatever. Live golf gets about 100, 150,000 lives. It's not that big of a deal, but like. There aren't that many marathon fans. Well, they're going to wake up and watch Kip Right. Like, Do it yourself then. Stream it yourself or whatever. Try to expand. Oh, I agree. Partner with NBC who can put it on later or something like that. I don't know. I, I just. I was shocked that, the, that there were that many people watching this live stream in the morning because there isn't a huge demand for this, but it shows like some opportunities are being missed. That's all I'm saying. By the way, I've looked up the email from the PR lady. She said, Freddie, over successful pro cyclist trying to run 230 in the marathon is potentially crazy. So he did PR, though. He ran 248 in LA on limited training, trained for this one when it was 245. So there you have it, though. 800 guys struggling at the marathon, whereas this woman is crushing him. All right, people, go Ravens. Oh, yeah, big showdown today. Let's go, Pats. Oh, wow. No Dallas Cowboy game. A little bit depressing. Jeff Itachi, thank you for listening from wonderful Nairobi, Kenya. Kenya, big party today. Hope everyone's partying in Kenya and Ethiopia. All right. To our regular podcast, signing off.